Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. Church, you can have a seat. Our world and our lives have changed. Yet in the midst of all this change, our mission, our vision, and our calling remain the same. Greenville Oaks remains focused on the mission to inspire people to follow Jesus because we're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. We want to be a church that not only cares for our members, but also cares about our community because this mission and vision is larger than our building. So we're rolling out our new community focus. This is not just a response to the pandemic. But is our long-term initiative for serving our community. It's called For Collin County. So we invite you to join us this March as we truly step out of our church to be a church that is for Collin County. Let's all step out of our comfort zones and into our communities. Let's be a church that truly loves our neighbors, has an impact on our cities, and loves all people for Christ. Let's be a church for Collin County. It's great to see you. I um, think that for a while, uh, this will be the last time I get to preach here because uh, you're going to have wonderful things happening early in April, and then you come down with a real preacher. Wade and Heather will, will come and... It'll just be great. I've known both of them for a bit, and Wade and I have been in various coffee shops in various places over the years. I just really respect him a lot, and I look forward to his ministry with you. I'm, I'm jealous of the opportunity that he gets to be with you. I'm excited for them. I'm excited for you. I want you to do something, though, I, do, I want you to not do the preachers here now. <laughs> because sometimes when churches have kind of gone and they've been heroic, you know, through nine months of searching and there's been a committee and there's been praying and there's been focus on the future. And then when the preacher get, gets there, they kind of go, okay, we're done, fine. Let's put the kickstand down. Uh, I'd rather you see that uh, this has been sort of like the way they move the big booster rocket down at Cape Kennedy out to the launch pad. You know, it's got that little tractor thing. It's huge, and it goes along and along. But when it gets to the launch pad, then, then the takeoff happens. Then, five, four, three, two, one, and away you go. So I think you should look forward to great blessing going forward. I think you should look forward to times when you will be even more assured that God is with you in what you're doing. I believe that, and I think that's why uh, we're all here these good days. I also wanted to just make a comment about the the way this this church worships together, and especially in its ministry of song. I've been... Um, not only preaching here, I get to preach at the first service too. And so 
I've been capelled and acapelled uh, in the in the Greenville Oaks Church. And I just want you to know that if you're having a a bad, sad week, if you if you just are kind of down in the dumps and the dumps are pretty close and, and you want something that will encourage you, come to both services. Just come to both services. Come to the early service and and and, in, and enjoy that and, and sing through that. And then if you really want to have a time of reflection, just sit in the auditorium. Just sit while the second service worship team warms up. Just sit with it. And then into the second service, it will do your heart good. It will do your heart good. So no church can rise above the level of its ability to worship. You just can't do that. And so I think that this uh, congregation is very, very blessed to have those who minister in song and prayer to you the way they do. It's wonderful. Well, we're going to ask the Lord to bless us as we open the word. We want to be able to hear what uh, Matthew said today. We want to hear what the Holy Spirit had in mind as Matthew wrote down this gospel, especially in uh, Matthew 25. We want to be open to the teaching of Jesus here on the very last days of his ministry so that we can understand what it means to love those around us, what it means for us to be a doing good church. We ask all that in the name of Jesus this morning. Matthew 24 and 25, you're two or three days before Passover. It may be Wednesday of Jesus' last week. It may be Wednesday, and, and Jesus is teaching. And in chapter 24, he talks about the coming destruction of Jerusalem, and then in that way talks about the coming end of the world that God will finally bring and then he says in chapter 25, get ready, get ready. And he tells the story, the parable of those 10 people, 10 women who are waiting for the wedding and five of them are pretty bright and five of them are foolish. Five of them are ready for the bridegroom to come and five of them aren't ready. He says, be ready. And, and then he tells the story of the, the talents and the, the, the man with five talents and two talents and one talent. And, and, and those are told to use their abilities, use their money, use their resources wisely while the master is away so that when he comes, they will have been found to have been faithful. And then we come to our text, which is in uh, chapter 25 beginning in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, 
take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to see me. Then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did you, we see you, a stranger, and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these of mine, you did for me. Well, we know this text. Or maybe if you're new to the church setting, maybe if you're new to hearing about Scripture, you don't know this text. And, and so if you know it or if you don't know it, it's a great pleasure to talk about it for a little while because it's the sweetest thing. We are often accustomed to seeing Jesus, maybe pictures of Jesus or sculptures of Jesus. We, we see Jesus and, and often he's high and lifted up. We, we see him um, on, on, a, on a fancy cross, which is kind of a paradox. We see pictures of Jesus in paintings and, and maybe even pictures of Jesus as a baby where he's got the little halo nightlight around him in the crib. We see these pictures of Jesus, but Jesus is saying, what I want you to know is, is that there's another place that you really see me. You see me, as Mother Teresa said, in the distressing disguise of the poor. You see me in those who are hungry and those who are thirsty and those who are naked and those who are imprisoned. You see me. When you see people who are at a disadvantage, when you see children moving across the Ukraine when you see children standing at the border, when you are taking up provisions to send to families, you are seeing Jesus in them. Jesus, the refugee. Jesus, the one wounded in the hospital. Jesus, Jesus. And you are trying to minister to Jesus. I think that that's one of the, the great, greatest, sweetest images we have in the life of the church. That in the, in the world around us, we are not ministering to people that we get to decide about. You know, you, you, you're not deciding about the, 
the worthy hungry or the worthy thirsty or the worthy naked or the worthy imprisoned. You're not evaluating them because that's way above your pay grade. Only the Lord himself is able to make those kinds of judgments. The Lord himself says, I'm going to make it easy on you. I'm going to make it easy on you in how you decide to apportion your love and your caring to those around you. See Jesus in them. And whatever you would do for the suffering Christ, do for them. Whatever you would do for the hungry, thirsty Christ, do for them. Isn't that what for Collin County is about? For saying, Lord, open our eyes. And, and, and you heard it this morning. This, the sweet person said, I had been going to the mall and I had been passing this way often and I had often seen this person as I went by. I decided to stop. I had been passing by this person. I decided to stop for Jesus. Just imagine how sweet that is. Suddenly, when all you have to do is notice Jesus. Now, the, the truth is that the, the way this is all structured is that we are in the world to be acting as little Christs. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21, Peter writes, um, Christ suffered so that you might walk in his steps. So that you might walk like Jesus in this world. Paul says in Galatians, in, in chapter 2, he says, For it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Later on, he says in chapter 4, I'm, I'm in the very pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. The notion is that people who are called Christians are the little Christ's that the work of the Holy Spirit in us is to make us into the likeness of Christ. The new life that we have, the old one has, has been buried, the new life. We've been coming up from baptism in newness of life. In newness of whose life? In the newness of my life. Well, okay, but in the newness of whose life? In the newness of Christ's life in me. So if I am growing in Christ, Christ is growing in me. Isn't that a wonderful turn? Isn't that a wonderful turn? If I am growing in Christ, Christ is growing in me. 
And then if I am in the world as a sheep, then I am looking through the eyes of Christ into the eyes of Christ. I am looking through the eyes of the Christ who can help into the eyes of the Christ who is in need of help. That our transaction in our caring and loving and sharing and benevolence, that transaction is a Christ to Christ transaction. So he goes, this is getting spooky. That's why they call it the Holy Ghost. But there's a third step. Christ and those who are in need. Christ, the one seeing and caring for those in need. And then the fellowship of the body of Christ and how we are related together. One of the great opportunities you have in the life of the church is to be the body of Christ in the community. To be the very body of the risen Christ in the community. And, and this is not necessarily something that we in Churches of Christ have always had as our major emphasis. Um, and some of you haven't been raised in Churches of Christ. All you know about this, the Church of Christ is maybe what you learned here at Greenville Oaks and just stay with that. Stay with that. But some of us who've been longer in the Church of Christ remember that there was a time that in many churches has been passing away where there was a hard sectarian boundary around the Church of Christ and the, and the great and overriding recreation in Churches of Christ, the way it thought it was exercising its evangelistic mandate was in, in aligning better the religious practices of already faithful people, getting the Baptist and the Methodist to get their act together, getting the Christobabletarians to, to notice what the Bible said about the plurality of elders and autonomous congregations. I mean, can I get an amen on that? Well, I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with the pluralities of elders and autonomous congregations. I'm kind of for that. But we are not the society of getting it right. We are the society that is called to the kingdom mission of God to be saved by Christ, to be indwelt by the Spirit, to be the risen Christ in the community so that our witness is not our witness to our structure. Our witness is our witness to our Lord. And our fellowship functions best and only when we function as Christ to Christ together. 
that when I look at you, I see Christ interpreted through, we're just going to take this nice lady right here, right there with the, the lanyard. Now, would you mind standing up? The people on camera can't see you, so you're, it's just our little secret. But, but what's your first name? Debbie. Okay, Debbie. Debbie, what we see when we see you is Jesus Christ interpreted through a woman's life. Jesus Christ in a houndstooth sweater. Jesus Christ with a lanyard. Jesus Christ wearing glasses. Thank you. You can sit down. Jesus, that was Jesus right there. Have you seen Jesus? Yes. Jesus refracted through that flesh and blood and you move down the aisle and another woman and a man and there we are. Just Christ expressed in the human life next to us. What is the unity of the church? The unity of the church is the delight we have in the fellowship of all the different ways we see Jesus in the people around us. It's not the peopleness that connects us. It's the Jesus that connects us. And so our great delight is to be the Greenville Oaks body of Christ in the world. So our life is ministry to Christ as Christ in the fellowship of Christ. It's who we are. It's who I am. It's what we see in those in need around us. Now, let me just say this. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Isn't this as noble as God should be in the world? That he has that kind of aspiration for us? that he picks us up out of the dirt and dusts us off and starts making us to look like his son, Jesus? Now, some of us aren't all the way very far on that journey. Sometimes, <laughs> somebody, somebody come up and go, Brother Sharp, I've noticed in the church that there's hypocrites in the church. And, well, for one thing, well, at least they're in the church. You know, I wonder, somebody that goes in a bar and goes up to the bartender, bartender, I've been noticing there's hypocrites in this bar. There are people holding glasses and not getting drunk. They just don't seem to be committed to the task. There's all kinds of imperfection in the church. All kinds of imperfection. We should never be surprised at the imperfection of the church. 
We should be amazed that the grace of God sees the imperfection in us as the grist out of which he will make a people more perfect and out of which he will see by grace Christ only in us. If we look at each other through the eyes of Jesus, we won't notice the imperfections near as much as we noticed as we noticed the Christ we see in each other. So your homework, since I'm leaving, your homework is to be more and more like Jesus. As a church, as an individual, and go and do good. That's your homework. Christ, we do all adore thee, and we do praise thee forever. Christ, we do all adore thee, and we do praise thee forever. For on the holy cross hast thou the world from sin redeemed us. Christ, we do all adore thee, and we do praise thee forever. Such a pleasure. The ghost of Christmas past. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a new industry in the church today. It hasn't always been around, and it's, uh, it's an industry called interim preachers. It's a reality today, and as transitions and turnover happens, there is opportunities for uh, former full-time preachers, people in part-time ministry, to go around, travel around, to fill in in, in spots, and... Um, we found ourselves in that situation a while back, and honestly, about nine or ten months ago, it was one of the greatest burdens I was feeling in feeling uh, in filling the gap from when Colin left to when we now will be having Wade and Heather in just a few weeks. And I began praying that God would bring us someone or some ones to help fill in the gap, and in church, He did. He answered my prayer. Annette, I'm going to ask you to come on up here as well. Um, I am so incredibly grateful for Eddie Sharp and for his lovely wife, Annette. Eddie, I'm grateful for the fact that you gave as much time as you did. Um, It's been about nine months that you've been around here, and the commitment that you've made to us, the messages that you've brought, the teachings, the words that you've shared, um, but more than that, the fact that you have become a part of this place and that you have showed to love us and accept us um, as if you were one of us. And that's, that's an unusual thing. There's wonderful, there's wonderful guests, interim preachers that come and go, but Eddie has been committed to Greenville Oaks over these last nine months, and you have made this church a better place during your time here, and I'm grateful. Thank you.
Um, Annette, you deserve a lot of thanks too. You've shared your husband with us very graciously. There's been many Sundays that I know that you went to church by yourself because your husband was here with us and thank you for sharing him. Uh, I've got a little gift for, for each of you, if you'll take it and, and open it. One of the things that's uh, really important is that I want you both to know that you will always uh, have a place here at Greenville Oaks. And so we've got a special gift that we want to make sure that you wear. I think we've got a picture of the, the shirt that we have for you. Um, and we want you to know that you're going to always be honorary Greenville Oaks members. Okay? You will always have a place here. Always. Now, now that's not ornery. No, no, not no. ornery, honorary. You are ornery. honorary Greenville Oaks members. There's also a, a gift card in there for dinner. Annette, that's for you. You can either go by yourself or take Eddie, however you want to do it. That's up to you. That is your choice. But I do, in all serious, want you to know how much we love you guys. Eddie, I didn't know you a year ago, but I've come to see you as a friend in uh, the number of times we've met and talked and shared, and I'm just grateful for your love. Thank you for your leadership and for your, your grace and mercy that you've showed us and, and your incredible teaching and preaching over the last nine or 10 months. Thank you. Um, it's been a joy to get to be with the church staff and uh, Coach Mazza. <laughs> um, he, he really does, his job really is to kind of coach uh, the team here. And I, I just love... Uh, what he does. I love the worship leaders, just the staff, great folks. Um, please go forward with great joy. Yes. Great joy. Yes. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you guys. Thanks for being here. Yes, absolutely. God bless you all. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.